Good morning. How are we feeling? Good. It's great to sing together. My name is John. If we if we haven't met, I'm the youth pastor. And yes, I am wearing a shirt that looks like a referee. Um, I'm only saying that because otherwise heaps of people will say it to me. Um, I've had multiple say it to me already. And if you look closely, it's probably good in these lights actually. It's green and blue, so it's not black. It's not black and white, which kind of everyone thinks when I'm standing in the dark. Anyway, I just had to say that before people, most people are like coming up to me saying, are you a referee? What sport are you referee? I'm like, good one. That's the fifth time someone said no. <laughs> it's good fun. Um, but, uh, but I'm excited to, to be speaking this morning. And uh, just before I get into the message, I do want to uh, just, just highlight Kel. What a legend Kel is. It was great to hear his story this morning, wasn't it? And um, just to give a little bit of context, if I can, around Kel's story, which is great. So he got sponsored to a camp three years ago, had a great time, gave his life to Jesus, got baptized. He's now a youth leader in our youth ministry, you know, an awesome youth leader as well, just kills it. Um, he was here at 6.30 this morning setting up and stuff. He's a really key guy. So after he um, was sponsored that, that three years ago, he decided, like, this is so good, I've got to invite my whole family. And so the next year, his, uh, his sister, his cousin, his brother and another cousin um, all came along to camp, non-kind non of, I guess, church people, haven't been in church their whole life, and uh, two of them got baptized, or three of them might have even got baptized, um, Taylor, obviously one of them, Lily, another one, and then <clears throat> just the stories even coming out of that is that Taylor um, has been going to Altar One, sharing her faith in Altar One, and had, has seen half of her class come to Christ as well. And so it's just this awesome story of kind of seeing, I guess, a fire light in someone, and it just spread and really just change your family, change your community. And so can I just say, firstly, thank you to you, church, um, just for your generosity. You know, we're able to see uh, lives impacted, great things happen, because someone was willing to fork out the hundred or so dollars, whatever it was, um, back in the just to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in this young person, and, you know, we're seeing lives change. So, so it's incredible. So thank you, and uh, you are having an impact, which is so good. So, so uh, yeah, so it's great. Thanks, guys. And, and thank you to Kel, Kel the man. He is great. So I'm excited to be speaking today. I'm going to be talking on fuel, on, uh, on spirit fuel. Turn to your neighbor and say spirit fuel. If you've got a neighbor, spirit fuel, good, good, good. Um, I'm excited to, to, to hopefully give you some spirit fuel. It's not coming from me, but hopefully maybe empower you to have a little bit more spirit fuel today. Now, I want to share a little bit of a story before about car fuel um, before I get into that. Now, if you know me well, I'm terrible at keeping my car with car fuel. Like, for some reason, I seem to run it very empty um, before, obviously, I fill up. And I am one of those people that... One, I don't like embarrassing moments. I don't think anyone likes embarrassing moments, but I don't like them particularly, but I'm kind of a magnet to embarrassing moments as well. Like, I seem to be the person that just draws them to myself. Um, one embarrassing moment would literally just come to my mind. In high school, I dive in uh, at a swimming athletics carnival. I dive into the pool, and my pants fully went down to my ankles, and I was wearing my favorite red jocks that day, so the whole school knew what I've just done, and I just completely owned it and kind of swam the whole way with my pants down my jocks, um, pants down to my ankles, which was awkward, but I'm just one of those kind of things where embarrassing things happen to me, so I seem to run out of fuel, maybe it's also my carelessness as well, but um, I run out of fuel quite often, I reckon, I was guessing like twice a year, like I reckon I, I ran out of fuel quite a bit, 
which is not a good thing. You know, when you get that jerry can out, it's kind of an embarrassing moment. You just like, everyone's like, yep, that person's found out of fuel. They're walking to the service station. Now, can I, can I tell you what was the most embarrassing time I've ever ran out of fuel? It's like the, the double whammy. It's the worst of the worst. And it was through the drive through of a fast food restaurant. <laughs> 100%, this is true. It was terrible. So, it's already not a good situation to be running out of fuel. And then fast food, it's also kind of like this unspoken shame attached to it. Like, no one really wants to, you don't really want to get caught in a, in a Macca's. I don't know, you just feel like it's like, it's just an awkward place. You don't really want to be at a Macca's and people like spot you and you're like, oh, you're, what are you doing? Ordering a Big Mac. And so I'm in the drive-thru and I happen to run out in between the place where you pay and, 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 and order your order and between the place where you pick it up. So it's like, it's like a double whammy in that sense because it's like the worst place. So I actually had to get out of my car, kind of like looking at the person behind me. I'm like, yep, g'day, I've uh, run out of fuel. And so kind of pushing my car, and there's not much more kind of worse moments or just kind of just a cut to the heart is when you've literally got to push your car through the drive-through, pick up your order, say thank you, and then just keep walking. 100% I had to do this. It was, it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. I kind of like just kept pushing my car and then was like, just kept walking. I'm just going to leave this moment. And um, it, was, it was not good. I ended up sorting it and it was okay. Um, but I feel like there's two kinds of people when it comes to, to fuel, when it comes to car fuel. And the, the strange thing is, is that quite often they're married to each other as well. There's the, the first type of person, which is 100% my wife, she um, will get to about three quarters full. She has heaps of fuel left, and she's like, oh, maybe I better stop off. You know, I better stop off. Anyone a little bit like that? You, you, you like to fuel up, you know, just in case. You know, you never know what kind of the journey is going to have. And so she'll stop off. It's like halfway. It's like, you know, you've got ages to go. And then there's the other kind of person, which I would say I'm in this category, and the fuel light's been on for a couple days, maybe not a couple days, been, it's been on for a while, and you're like, nah, I know my car, like, I know my car, it's still got at least 30 or 40 kilometers in it, and obviously, you're running the risk of, of running out of fuel, which I've done multiple times, anyone like, a little bit like that, you like to live on the edge, there is a few people, are getting a few shakes of the heads as well, I know, I'm sorry, it's a bit silly, it's a bit silly, but I want to talk about not just car fuel, I want to talk about a little bit deeper, I want to talk about spirit fuel this morning, we're going to be looking at Philippians 3, and Paul talks about this race that we're in and talking about how we can go further, about how we can, you know, have the fuel to, to keep going. And he gives us two real good keys which we'll, uh, which we'll look into. But I want to begin with a quick question just on fuel, on spirit fuel when it comes to, to faith is, is how full is your tank? How full is your tank? Just a quick gut check just to, just to start off with. As you you know, think about your life, your faith life, is, is how full is your tank? You could even, I don't even know how you could really rate that, but if you want to, you could even do it a little bit of, out of 10. You know, am I a 2? Am I a 3? Am I feeling okay? I'm feeling a 9. Like, just to, just to kind of see where you're at, and we can kind of keep reassessing, I guess, going for that this morning. So we're going to look at Philippians 3, uh, verses 12 to 14. He's talking about this race imagery. So we'll read in verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first 
possessed me. I love even just to start here is that the reason why we're able to press on, the reason why we're able to have, you know, I guess, a, a life where we can chase goals and things in life is because Jesus first possessed it for us. He first put it on the line and pressed in for us, which is a great starting point. Then in verse 13, he says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for God through Jesus Christ is calling us. So he's, he's using this race imagery, as, as we said, of like pressing on, of, of racing. And, you know, he, he's someone that would have, would have understood this. He, he's someone that knew the Christian life, knew the Christian, the Christian walk as well. And he gives us two keys here because he knows that in the ups and downs of, of life, there's things that can really hurt us or, you know, can hit us. And, and there's things that can, you know, if we're honest, probably, you know, they do they do burn some petrol tickets. They burn some, some fuel. They really do kind of grind on us. And so he's someone he, saying, you know, here's something, here's a couple things that I do to make sure that I keep going, to make sure that I have enough fuel to, to reach the prize, to, to go forward. And so I want to look at the two things that there um, in, verse, in verse 13. And the first one is forgetting the past, forgetting the past. And so I want to look to put it as something that we need to let go of, that we need to let go of the past. And um, I want to uh, do a bit of a, a stunt, if that's okay. I want to get a few friends. Can I get Kel? Um, I'm going to throw a few. I'm going to get Andrew Bertram as well, if that's all right. Can we give these guys a round of applause? They come up. They don't even know what they're doing at the moment, but they're going to help me. And I've got um, a ladder here at the front. Um, which is a uh, going to be transformed into monkey bars. So if you guys can pick up an end each, and then raise it above your head. How, how's how's the guns? They're feeling all right. You worked out in the gym. Yeah, you're good. You can hold it there. Now I'm going to put some pressure. I don't know if Jordan Carkish. I did see him somewhere. Is he still in the building? Where is he? Here he is. There's the man. Come on, Jordan. Run up here real quick. Now, Jordan, and do you guys, this is going to be a test. I want to see, this is transformed into some monkey bars, okay? I want to see, Jordan, do you reckon you can monkey bar from this side to that side? Do you reckon you can do it? Do we reckon you can do it? Yeah. I reckon you have a crack. We'll see how we go. I reckon it's going to be a good test for these guys with the, holding him up. Here we go. Well, well, let's firstly test the weight. Test the weight first, okay? Let's hold. Oh, 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 geez. Jeez. Okay, maybe we've got to flip that over. Let's uh, flip that over. I did not. That was not. That was not meant to happen. By the way, um, can we? Let's flip the ladder over. That all right? There we go. Sorry, we should have tested this stuff. You know, when you're doing stunts, it's dangerous. Um, okay, here we go, Jordan. Jeez. Here we go. Here we go. I feel like this is a, a, a Jono kind of stunt. He's at the back. This is a sketchy kind of. You know, is there safety? No. Um, no. Okay, here we go. Come on. Oh, wow. Come on, let's give him a round of applause. Oh, wow, we. <laughs> that was genuinely better than I thought. You can put that down. That was just kind of the stunt that I wanted to do. I want to, I want to uh, preach a little bit of monkey by five. That's all right. I'm going to give you a high five as well. That was awesome. That was good. Give these guys a round of applause as well. <clears throat> now, this, this, will, this, will make, this will make sense. So, uh, is that... The monkey, well, so I used to love the monkey bars growing up. I used to love the monkey bars. I don't know about you, but it was one of my favorite things growing up um, on the playground. It was a thing that I would go for. That and the, what's the thing that you can grab onto and it slides? I don't even know what that's called, but 
Flying Fox, there you go. I used to love them too. They were kind of the fun things. You could hold on to them, swing on them. And now the monkey bars, one trick that I used to do um, was uh, when I was in year one, I remember I used to go on the edge and I used to be able to jump and skip multiple bars and grab onto it. So I used to like, it kind of used to be a bit of a jumping technique, jumping out, which was like a very impressive thing to do in year one, right? Like it's, it's pretty good. Like it's, I, I, I genuinely probably couldn't do it now. Like it's pretty... Monkey bars is one of those things I feel like you can, you almost, as, as you get older, you get a lot worse at because you get heavier. And so I can't, can't do that anymore, but it was a trick that I used to do. Now, there, I remember there was one point where I, I pushed it a little bit too far. I pushed it a little bit too far, and I probably tried to go for a bar that I couldn't quite reach. And so in jumping, I actually completely missed it. And as I was obviously committing to go for it, I completely missed it and didn't have enough time to brace the floor. And so as I fall, kind of both my arms are wrapped underneath me. I land on my arms, and um, I get up, and I'm like wow, my arms really hurt, particularly my left arm really hurts. I go to my mum and I was like, mum, my, my arms hurt. I fell off the monkey bars and, you know, I kind of, yeah, I was trying to tell you, you know, should we, should we fix it, whatever, can we do something? And she's like, um, you seem okay, you know, as all good mums do. You seem okay at the moment. We'll see how you go in the morning, you know. And so um, I slept. In the morning, I was like, yeah, my arms, they still hurt. We go to the hospital, and then we find out, I get an x-ray, and I've broken both the bones in my arms, both the bones in my arms. And so I've, uh, you know, snapped both on my left arm. I don't know if I did it on my right. I think it was just normal. But I, I snapped both of them on my left arm, which wasn't a, a good way to start. And, um, you know, mum forever feels bad about that. So I like to bring attention to it, as you do, as a son, of course. Um, but anyway, I want to bring a bit of fire for the monkey bars, okay? So I was thinking about this week. And so the first principle when it comes to the monkey bars is, that to move forward, what do you have to do? You have to let go. You have to let go of something. I think one of the biggest faith stoppers in life is, is actually we are holding on to things that we should have let go long ago. We should have let go long ago. It might be, you know, a certain habit. It might be a certain choice that we made, a bad mistake that we've made. It might be, you know, some shame. It might be some guilt that we're, we're holding on to about certain things that happen. I even love in this imagery that that Paul, Paul's kind of writing this about forgetting the past. He's someone that would have really understood this. He would have really understood to, to forget the past because he's obviously, you know, a, an awesome writer of the Bible and the New Testament, but he's someone that had a past. He's someone that, if you look earlier, persecuted Christians. He, you know, may have even murdered Christians, which is pretty intense. Um, and so he would have been possibly carrying some guilt, possibly carrying some, some shame and some, you know, angst about the, some of those choices. And so when he's saying, hey, forget the past, you know, those kind of things do not have to define you anymore. You can step forward. To move forward, you've actually got to let go of what was once holding you. You've got to let go of what you were once holding on to as well. And so he's someone that, that got that. And then not only that, I love that he was someone, so Paul's the writer as well, if I didn't say. So he, he um, also wasn't just leaving behind, I guess, bad choices and things that he's done, but he actually was leaving behind in some ways a whole way of life. He's grown up with, with Judaism and grown up with that being his faith and, and he's stepping into this, this new faith, one that he used to persecute and he's actually fully embracing the new. He's fully embracing this new way of life and he's letting go of what he's known for his whole life. And the other thing when it comes to 
the monkey bars, there's a couple ways that you can do it, is that you can, um, and it's going to be hard to illustrate now, but you can grab onto what you already have hold of. So you can, you know how you can do it, and you sort of, I'll, I'll try, and, try and do it in the air. It's not really going to work, but you kind of go, I don't know if that makes sense, but you're kind of grabbing onto the one that you've already got. But if you really want to start moving forward, what do you have to do? You have to grab on to something that you haven't already got hold of. You have to grab on to something new. You have to, if you really want to start swinging and you see some, some awesome monkey buyers on the playground, they're not swinging just to the one that they've already got hold of. They're swinging to whole new ground. They're swinging to whole new levels as well. And I think that's the other part of letting go of our past is not only, I guess, leaving that behind, but it's fully embracing the new season and being willing to step out into the unknown, being willing to step out into to what's next and what God has for you in that new season. And, you know, I even think about it for for youth camp, which is a bit of a highlight today as well. We, we got the, the fundraiser and stuff and, and the bake sale. And this year we've got uh, a new date, a new time, um, a new name. We've got so much new for this camp, which is awesome, which is great. But, you know, as I guess as a youth pastor, it can cause a little bit of angst as well. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of logistics, uh, logistics to that. But one thing I've realized is that new ground, which is our, our theme for the camp, it requires new movement. It requires new ways of doing things. I can't do things the way that we've always done things. I've actually got to step out and do, I've got to fully embrace the new. And, you know, I love the, the campsite that we've been at for the last 10 probably years, Nanga Bush Camp, if anyone's been there before. It's a fantastic camp, and we've had so many good memories there. But I would hate to, to rob from what is our new campsite by always thinking about and comparing it to what was the old. Instead, I've actually got to let go in some ways and obviously thank and be, be thankful for the memories that were caused, that were happened at that camp, but actually step into and say, you know what, I know that God has something new in this season and I've got to actually completely let go of what was that old season. So I just want to encourage you in that, what do you need to let go of? What in the past do you need to let go of in order for you to, to move forward? Uh, another imagery I had, I had in my mind when I was preparing this message is that, um, you know, for some of us, we're holding on to things that we need to let go of. And it's almost like this, these uh, spiritual weights. Like um, you're in the gym, you're with Phil, Pastor Phil, maybe working out, and you've got like these 30 kilo dumbbells and you, you're trying to run a race, you're trying to move forward, but yet you're holding on to things that are stopping you. And maybe you think that, that other people don't notice and, you know, but I, th I think it's, it's something that we, as we go further and further in life, maybe we actually ourselves begin not to notice as well that we've got these weights that are actually holding us back other than the fact that we're maybe moving slower than we would have liked. So I just want to encourage you, what is it that you need to, to let go? What do you need to let go? There's, there's not much more in life, I think, that can burn your fuel tickets, if that's a word, than actually always looking back to what life once was or always looking back to, to things that you regret or, or past choices or shame or guilt. You know, it's, it's all about moving forward. And so the, 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 the next part which Paul goes to talk on is um, verse 13, and it works well with this forward-looking, looking forward, it says, so forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead looking forward to what lies ahead. Now, this can be a bit of a tough one because although we, we well, I guess we want to focus on the forward, we want to focus on, on what's ahead, we live in the everyday. 
We have moments every day that uh, test us. We have moments that, that, are, that are hard. We have things that, you know, burn fuel tickets. There's ups and there's downs. But I love here what Paul's saying is that he's saying, actually, you know, it's all about your focus. It's all about your focus. And he's revealing that his focus is on the future. His focus is on what's ahead. His focus is on the goal. His focus is on the prize. And that actually helps shape the everyday. That helps shape the choices that we make day by day. Now, I was looking into the routine of a professional swimmer this week. I know that's a pretty random thing to do, uh, but I come across it on on social media. And it's an unbelievable routine. I don't know if anyone here is a swimmer. No, no swimmers. That's all right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's unbelievable, and I guess a, a swimmer who, who does a little bit of swimming would probably relate to this as well, but there's, um, basically they do, I think, six, six days a week, six days a week they're swimming, and it is twice a day they do different swims. Now, they do, they get up at 4 a.m., which is way too early for me, 4 a.m., I don't know, did anyone wake up at 4 a.m. this morning? No, again, that's all good. So, 4 a.m. is way too early, they wake up, and then they, they swim from anywhere, I think it said from, from 10 kilometers to 19 k's per swim, per swim. So they do that twice a day, which, which equates to about 100 laps, at least 100 laps, maybe even 200 if you're going all the way to that 20k mark, which is unbelievable. I don't know if anyone is, so no one is a swimmer here, but like to even think about that, I'm like, that's just, that's just mind-blowing. Like I just... I, to do that twice a day, there's, there's, there was all kinds of things else that they were doing. They were doing weights. They were doing recovery. There was just so much. And I'm like, you know, if I did that routine even for one week, I'd need like a week's sleep afterwards. Like it would just be, like I don't, I just wouldn't be able to keep up. It's way too much. And I, I don't know if you, you would think the same. But, but what, what I think it revealed is, is one, obviously there's a little bit of talent in there. They'll probably enjoy their swimming. They, I'm sure they, there's some talent in the reason why they're actually pursuing that career as well. But also it reveals their focus. It reveals what their goal is. It reveals where they're heading. You know, I think for most professional swimmers, their goal is probably to be an Olympian, right? I think that's kind of the pinnacle. I'm not a swimmer, but I'm guessing that's kind of the the pinnacle of, of being a swimmer, is being an Olympian, possibly winning a gold medal. Now, I'm guessing that swimmers would know that this routine is hard, that it's a hard routine. It's not a normal routine. Not everyone can do it. We probably can't do it. Not normal people can do that routine. But their focus is on being Olympian, which is a hard thing. And so they know that 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 is what it takes to actually become Olympian, that their routine is what actually helps them become Olympian. And actually their focus of being an Olympian is what actually helps change their everyday. Does that make sense? That, you know, I'm guessing that waking up at 4 a.m., swimming 100 laps, there's going to be moments where they're probably questioning themselves, like, why am I doing this? Why am I up so early? Why am I swimming? Why am I, you know, sacrificing so much time and so much energy? But then they remember the focus. They, they come back to the focus of, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a goal in mind. There's a picture in mind. And that actually changes, changes their every day. I even just think about it in my life. One of my, I guess, focuses or goals is to become a good dad or to be a good dad. I've got a five-month-old somewhere out there. And, um, you know, and <laughs> he's in, actually in the other room. He's not just, like, out there. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, yeah, so, and I want to be, be a good dad. I don't know how you can necessarily measure that. 
Um, but there are moments in my life every day which test that title. That, you know, there's moments where my patience is tested, where, you know, he's maybe not sleeping as well as you like or whatever. You know, it's just different things. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of more moments of that to come as well. Parents probably with, with older kids will know that there's, there's, you know, new challenges that are going to come. But I think as I have my focus on the future, if I have my focus on the bigger picture of that, yeah, I want to be a good dad. I want to be someone that has a relationship with my son, a relationship with my kids. It actually changes my everyday. And when I'm in those moments of my patience being tested or something, I don't know, going wrong or it's not quite going the way, I'm, my focus is, is fixed on the future. My focus is fixed on actually, you know, you know this, is, this is what it's all about. You know, I want, I want my son to, to see me as someone that he can come to. So the next part I want to I want to finish on. I'm going to actually welcome the the team up if that's if that's all right. I have a bit of a, a specific word and something that as I was preparing this message that that God just kind of pressed impressed onto my heart was this uh, this picture or I guess story a little bit about the Chinese bamboo tree. Um, I don't know if you've anyone heard anyone heard of the Chinese bamboo tree before. A couple of people. That's great. We do have a picture I think as well. If that's all right. We'll have a quick look at that if we do. If not, all good. No, we don't. That's all right. E, Z. Um, so, but the Chinese bamboo tree is actually one of the fastest growing trees in the world. Fastest growing trees in the world. And it, it can grow. So in five weeks time, it grows 90 feet, I think it was. 90 feet, which is pretty crazy. That's a pretty incredible kind of growth. I think it can grow up to a meter a day, um, which is pretty cool. It'd be awesome to time lapse that, wouldn't it? Like just to have the camera and you can see the whole thing happen grow and but anyway, so the catch is with the Chinese bamboo tree is that there is five weeks of, of visible growth, obviously above the surface, but actually it takes five years of preparation for that to happen. That actually you plant it five years before and there is watering and nurturing and all kinds of things that goes into that. Now you could ask the question, is it actually five weeks or is it five years that the tree grows? Now, obviously, there's five weeks of visible growth, but of course, the, the growth is actually five years, isn't it? It's five years because if at any point the gardener had given up or, you know, hadn't given it the water that had needed or the nurturing that needed, I'm, I'm not a gardener at all, so I'm using all kind of probably wrong terminology, but, you know, if, he, if he'd given up at any point, there wouldn't be that five weeks of growth. I guess that the word that I that I have for for some some people here is that maybe you're feeling like giving up. Maybe you're feeling like you know your tank your, your tank is empty. You're not quite I don't know. You're not quite just going as far as you would like. And I just sort of wonder sometimes when it comes to faith is that how many people give up on the dream that God has for them or what has God laid in front of them just before the growth just before the sprout, just before that five weeks of amazing growth. And the word that I have is, is, is that keep pressing on. Keep pressing on. As simple as it is, is don't give up because I reckon God is at the work. He's at, he's, he's at work under the surface. He's at work in your life. And can I tell you, in every situation, every circumstance, every worry that you have, everything that's going on, God is at work. And can I encourage you not to give up? Because if you, if you give up, then, you know, maybe you actually might miss out on the growth that is coming. 
the growth that is coming. And I reckon that as we press on, you know, the verses that, that Paul was talking about, as we press on and, and not give up, that God will bring an amazing time of growth to each one of us if we just keep pushing through. Can we stand to our feet? I'm going to pray for us. And then uh, we're, going to, we're going to sing a song together. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much that we are able to, to press on. We are able to have life and to have tanks that can be filled, souls that can be filled, God, just because you first pressed on for us. You first possessed us, God. And God, I just pray as we look at these thoughts today, look at what we need to let go of, look at what we need to focus on. God, I pray that we would be people that continue to press on. We would be people that not give up, that although maybe we can't see it, we can't, we've been working for five, ten years on a, on a dream. God, I pray that, that you would begin to, well, you would be working already under the surface and that we would begin to see the sprouts. We'll begin to see that amazing growth that you have coming. God, would you fill up our tanks this morning? Would you give us the refreshment that each one of our souls need? God, would you just bring a new refreshment that we could keep going, we could keep pushing, and that we could keep fighting for everything that you have for each one of our lives. Amen. Amen. We're going we're gonna to sing this song.